introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pitches it to Mo Williams. Touchdown! You gotta be kidding me! Alright, alright, welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket Podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we're rolling a little light tonight, but we still gonna get this thing going. We're still gonna do it. It's just me and the man, the myth, the legend, the hardest working person on draft Twitter, QB1. How you doing? How you been, man? Good, man. Officially under a week into the NFL draft, so I'm excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I see you out here. You know, posting stuff on social media because you are a uh, a madman already out here uh, doing work on next year's class. What's going on here, man? Yeah, you know, with the, the twin girls coming, I got to get a bit of a head start. So this year is a bit different for me. I got to get as much ahead as I can, even though I like to take the month of May off. I can't do that this year because of the girls coming here soon. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going to jump ahead and start asking you who you like from next year just yet. Because we got more pressing things to really get to here. Uh, you spent the last little while live tweeting, getting yourself caught up. Game of Thrones came back. What were your thoughts on the first episode? What did you like? What didn't you like? And uh, what are you looking forward to now that they, uh, they've kind of set things up a little bit for the season? Yeah, I thought the first 30 minutes was kind of underwhelming. But I understand because they had to set up the plot. And things were just moving slow. But I knew the ending probably was going to be a bit climactic because that's always how the first episodes are in every season because they have to set up the plot. But I love the ending and how they just left you hungry for more, especially with the brand and the Jamie stare off. It's the first time they're seeing each other since Jamie threw him out the window and Jamie thought he was dead. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to Sunday night's episode to see where they go from there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think what really put it over the top to me, like, there's other shows that have, you know, I say maybe on Black Twitter, there's shows that like, you know, everyone will watch together and like, you know, the tweets and the memes and all that stuff. But Game of Thrones, it feels like everybody on social media is in on the jokes on this one. And the jokes were outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the show ended and there was another hour, maybe two of just nonstop content coming out online that was just hilarious yeah really that, put it over the top that probably was better than the show honestly the <laughs> especially with the brand ending that was just hilarious yeah the brand memes just never stopped it was awesome and uh yeah enjoyed it immensely but you know that inspired us a little bit you know question pop we we, we posted on the uh the, the climb in the pocket twitter account which is uh you know Describe uh, your favorite Viking. Everyone didn't really use your favorite. It doesn't have to be your favorite Viking, but like describe a Vikings player as uh, their character on Game of Thrones. So, JR, if I'm throwing this question to you, Vikings player and who their character would be in Game of Thrones, which way are you going with it? Oh, man, I actually forgot about this topic. So these are actually coming off the top of my head. Oh, boy, here we go. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins as Sansa Stark. Oh. And I say that because... She was in an unwanted marriage with Ramsey Bolton, and that's <laughs> that's his relationship with the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want that marriage, or she okay. didn't want that marriage, and there was unwarranted kisses uh, from that, and that just reminds me with this time or his flirtation with the Jets 
So her whole moniker and her demeanor with gentlemen that she never had interest in, that reminds me of Kirk Cousins. Um, what's another one? Mike Zimmer could be the Night King. Okay. Just because he thinks he can bring a run first mentality. Uh, <laughs> bring that from the dead. He wants to bring that from the dead. <laughs> he wants to bring that from the dead. And he likes to destroy things. He likes to blow stuff up. And that's okay. what the Night King likes to do. Uh, what's another one? I'm going to go with uh, Brian O'Neill as Brienne of Tarth. Oh, boy. Just because of the size and athleticism combo. And then she you know, she protects. She's known for protection. And that's what Brian O'Neill does. Uh, I'll give you one more. Uh, Linval Joseph is the mountain. Just because his size puts. He's a man of not a lot of words. Just like the mountain. The mountain has very little speech. Uh, just like Linval Joseph. He's not a man of many words. But his size strikes fear into a lot of people. So those would be my four. Boy, I like that. You know, ask for one, get four. That's usually how it goes, especially during draft season. Now Game of Thrones season, JR giving us all that good analysis. And shout out to everyone who came with the uh, the replies on Twitter. We had some really good ones, uh, like Skull Troll coming through here with uh, Gary Kubiak equal is uh, Lord Varys. Doesn't want the job. Happy behind the scenes. Secretly wants the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Uh, let's see here. Luke Brown had probably the most uh, popular response um, where he came in here and 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 referenced that Arya's actually a sword teacher here with Stefan Diggs, a technician, a dancer, ability turned to art, most of all, unending swagger. You know, Luke putting words together as only he can. Actually, Skull Troll was kind of on fire. He uh, He came through with Matt Khalil. Equals uh, Viserys Targaryen, loud about excellence, utterly useless, gets a bunch of gold, and simultaneously <laughs> dies. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. Uh, this is one that feels oddly um, maybe regional. I don't really fully understand what is being talked about here, but Laquan Treadwell equals Hot Pie by Ted Glover. Uh, you think he's gonna make? He's gonna play an important role after he joins the cast. <laughs> but then virtually disappears from the storyline, only making an occasional cameo appearance from time to time. That's so uh, that's a good one. We have uh, actually someone going into the the Vikings archives and bringing us one here with Richard Richard Sickles going with Jared Allen as Bron. Funny, kind of a dirty mind, wants to have fun and enjoy life. <laughs> but when you got an impregnable O-line, he only needs three other stout D-linemen and he'll impregnate the bitch. So, you know, <laughs> you know pe- yeah, people really went all out and then it did get a little, I mean, it took a turn for uh, for the sad a little bit here where we had a uh, Teddy Bridgewater equals Rob Stark. You know, you thought he mm. was going to be the, uh, the king and then, well, we, uh, we saw yeah. what happened there, but then some other people came back with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is Jon Snow. Because, you know, thought he was going to be the king, and then he died. Then he came back, and uh, I guess in Teddy's case, he didn't want the job. So, uh, hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of fun episodes. Uh, you know, a lot of fun, excuse me, answers. We have uh, Harrison Smith is uh, the king of the north. Zimmer is Ned Stark. Well, ugh, mm, I mm. hope not. Yeah, I hope, <laughs> I hope not. not. That ain't, ain't going to be good for the end of this I, season. I, I, I hope not, because uh, I'm hoping for a better season this year than we had the last yeah. one. And then, you know. Got to give a shout out to the Spark God. We had David Morgan coming through here with Josh Swedlin. David Morgan as Podrick. We all root for Podrick. He's a good guy all around. So a lot of fun answers. We'll have to get Flip to give his uh, his Kirk Cousins answer. Um, and maybe he'll throw it on 15 minutes with Flip. Because he gave us Brienne of Tarth. 
I didn't really fully understand the explanation he threw out there. So maybe he'll give us a little bit more to understand what that one was really all about. And then for me, you gave Kirk Cousins one already, but I'm saying I had Kirk Cousins when I think of him, I thought of Littlefinger because, you know, some of the same reasons you gave Kirk Cousins about his business, Littlefinger throughout most of the season of the show, really about business, very smart business person, was able to play both sides against each other, kind of like he did with the Redskins and the Jets and the Vikings to maximize his advantage. But then in the end, when it was time to really, I guess we'll say, perform during that last season, uh, take it. Couldn't take it and, uh, and, and, and ultimately got discovered. So uh, that's where I go on that one. These are all for fun. Please, people, don't take them too seriously. Just joking around, having a good time here. And yeah, so that's it. That's with the Game of Thrones. And uh, JR, it's really that time of year where I need you to help me get caught back up on what's been going on in the world of, uh, of, of, of the NBA because like the playoffs are here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really have no idea what's going on. So with everything else you've had going on, have you been able to continue keeping up with your first love in many ways in basketball with these NBA playoffs going on? And the crazy part is, like, I haven't been able to watch any basketball, like not even just the NBA playoffs. I didn't even get to watch any of the NCAA tournament outside of when Carolina played in the championship game, those were probably the only few games that I watched. So now that I can relax a little bit, let my hair down a little bit, I can watch a little bit of basketball. So probably starting this weekend, I'll probably dive into the NBA playoffs. Okay, so we're going to have to come back to that one. I'm going to have to go online and find out. You are my my window <laughs> back into the NBA really every year at this time now because uh, somehow you've been able to juggle all of these many things going on. But finally, we found a thing that – uh. You know, draft guides and twins and home purchases. Too much for you to keep up with everything all at once. But this is crazy. No basketball, no NBA, no NCAA. No, I just haven't had time. Been grinding away with the draft guide. That just shows you how tedious those processes are. But I'm back now. I'm in full NBA playoff mode until the NFL draft starts. You watching the games tonight? Yeah, I'm sitting here watching Brooklyn and the Sixers right now, which is coming down to the wire. About nine minutes left. Philly's up one on one ninety two. Okay. All right. So JR is all the way back into basketball. So David, count your blessings. This will not become a basketball episode again. The next one, <laughs> hey, no promises. We might have to jump back in there so JR can help me get caught back up because yeah, I just haven't been making the time for basketball like I used to. Uh, sleep's precious, and most of the teams I would want to watch are on the West Coast. And ain't nobody got time for that. Just can't do it. <laughs> play too late. They play way too late, man. Can't be staying yeah. up to 1 o'clock in the morning to watch all these games, man. Got stuff to do in the morning. And uh, children who uh, like to wake up real early. You'll know what that's about pretty soon here, JR. So uh, as we wrap up, as we uh, are getting into the draft, I guess the other thing that you know has popped up, doesn't really seem to be as big of a deal as in years past, but the players have started to come back to Winter Park. I guess, what are your thoughts on really what the Vikings need to do and any of the, the things that you've heard coming out of, you know, I guess, yeah, you have you, you revealed to us you have sources now. So does anything that, uh, that you've been <laughs> hearing, uh, you know, in or around the Vikings camp that, uh, that kind of made your ears perk up a little bit? No, and I mean, they're kind of tight-lipped at TCO around this time of year, and rightfully so just because nobody wants their draft plans revealed or their hand to be showed 
And it's always really hard to get information out of Wood out of I shouldn't say Winter Park out of TCO. I got to get used to saying that. I'm still not used to saying TCO yet, but uh, it's really hard to get information as far as draft plans out of there, just because everybody is so tight lipped and close to the vest with everything that they have going on. But I'm really excited to see what they do uh, now that we're under a week away from the draft, and the Vikings are going to have plenty of chances to get guys that they want. But it's going to be interesting to see if they pigeonhole themselves into offensive line or if they truly stay to their best player available approach similar to last year. And uh, the rumors have started to pop up. And this isn't something that we've really actually talked about. I'm starting to see them from from other places around Vikings Twitter where it seemed as though the Trey Waynes getting traded stuff had kind of died down a little bit. But in the last couple of days, that's really popped back up. And like you said, things have been kind of tight-lipped as, as they should. But that's something that I really hadn't got your opinion on and definitely not on the pod. What are your thoughts about these rumors? Because they've been going on for a while. And, you know, there's you know, the thought, do you pay Trey Wayne's? You know, what's his market going to be? Can they afford to keep him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now that these rumors have really started to kick back up, and with all the information that we have right now in terms of your thoughts on this cornerback class, who might be available and say maybe the first day, second day when the Vikings pick, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Holton Hill suspension, all that kind of stuff kind of coming together. Where are you at with, you know, this thought or this idea that the Vikings potentially might make a move and, and move Trey Waynes for something uh, at some point in the draft? I think it's possible. And I'm sure they've been, it's widely rumored that they have been entertaining the thought of it just because they know that they can't pay him. And they can't have two high-priced corners on the roster. So it's either going to be Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes that isn't with the team next year. And I still think Trey Waynes probably ultimately ends up getting traded. Now, when does that happen? I'm not sure. And I think they probably can get a day-two pick for him, whether that's a second or a third-round pick. I think either one will be fair compensation. But I think Rick Spillman is probably holding out for that second-round pick and maybe a swap of late-round picks. I think that's fair value for Trey Waynes, but the team like the Chiefs or the Colts or somebody like that, some teams that need corner help, I think they could use Trey Waynes. It's just a matter of getting proper compensation for him. But I think those rumors kind of died down once the Holton Hill suspension came out just because we saw last year how quickly their cornerback depth dwindled because of the Mike Hughes injury. And then Trey Waynes was banged up throughout the year too. And then we know Xavier Rhodes can pop up with an injury at any moment. So, They were really only stuck with McKenzie Alexander as their truly healthy, only healthy corner in the true rotation at the top. So they are a bit thin there, and they brought in some guys for visits. I know Isaiah Johnson, the quarterback, the cornerback from Houston, is a guy that they are high on, and he's a bit of a project, and maybe they can get him in that second or third round. So we'll see what does happen with that. So if it was you, which way would you go in a situation like this? Would you would you bank on just because I know that you've dug in and you know you've done a lot of work on on these draft prospects and the players coming in um, and you know have a decent understanding of kind of what the landscape is going on out there. If it was you having to make that decision, where are you going? What are you doing with Trey Wayne's? Just given not just you know the ability to pay him, I guess maybe next year, but just where we are with you know Kirk Cousins year two, all, the importance of cornerback, just all of those things put together. What are what what would be your plan in terms of how you dealt with the Trey Wayne situation? I would keep him just because I don't think the Vikings cornerback depth is really great right now. And I know they have some good guys at the top, but I know I can't pay him. But at worst, I'm going to get a third round pick for him next year as a compensatory pick 
So I'm willing to live with that, but I want to maximize the value for Trey Waynes and that I want to make sure we take full advantage of him while he's on that fifth-year option. Now, if somebody blows me away with the first or second-round pick, of course I'm going to end up dealing him, but I just don't think they're in a great situation right now to do that, especially with Mike Hughes coming off the ACL injury. We don't know his situation with that. And then Houghton Hill suspension, so they're a bit thin at the top of their rotation with corner, and then trading Trey Waynes, that would just put another hole at the position. And then even if you bring in a rookie, they're not going to be able to step in from day one and be ready to play. Okay. I like that. And yeah, that, that, that dovetails a little bit with uh, another thing that I've seen a lot. um, And it's a player that I know that you like with, uh, with Simmons potentially being a pick for the Vikings in the second round. Cause you just said uh, Trey Wayne is probably someone we should hold on to just on the basis alone of us being uh, kind of in a win now mode based on the Kirk Cousins contract and everything else that's going on. Um, but I've also seen a lot of people kind of speculators or speak to, and I'm seeing it in mock drafts more and more and more, the idea of potentially grabbing Simmons, redshirting him, something like that. I guess, what are your thoughts on, I know that you love him as a player, but on that idea of potentially grabbing him and stashing him for the future versus getting a player that potentially be able to help the Vikings in year one? I'm fine with it at 50. I wouldn't like it at 18 just because I think those first round picks, I think those guys should be instant impact type of contributors just because you're making that high of an investment on them. But I think they're very high on Jeffrey Simmons. And I say that because they know that they have a hole at that three technique spot. And I think it's going to be by a committee approach this year with Shamar Stephan, Jalen Holmes, and Jaleel Johnson at that spot. And then interchanging some of those guys with Linval Joseph when he does need a breather or to come off the field when he's tired. So they really have a four-man rotation at two spots along the interior. And then if they're able to bring in Jeffrey Simmons, it's safe. let's say he just does fall to 50. And I think he might be on track to play the latter half of this year. But worst-case scenario, he doesn't. I still think they'll be okay at that three-technique spot. And bringing in Simmons to start in 2020, I think that just would be outstanding, especially considering his upside and what he can be. Now you can treat that like his rookie year, but you still have that depth behind him. And I know they pay Shamar Stephan as if he's going to be a starter, but he has nowhere near close to upside as what Jeffrey Simmons does possess. Okay. All right. So stashing Jeffrey Simmons, we'll see how that potentially goes. And if he even makes it that far, it's a lot of speculation. And uh, with those guys coming off injury, we really never actually know where they are going to go. Uh, I guess if he makes it past the Patriots, Lord knows uh, he could end up really anywhere after that. So that makes uh, that makes a little bit of sense for me there, I guess. And uh, did did anything stand out for you in terms of any of the uh, the interviews or, or conversations or any of the you know, yeah, any of the stuff that the players really had to say when they came back and to start off the the off season with the the usual platitudes or the Adam Thielen contract or anything like that. Not really. It was just a bunch of cliche stuff. Now, Kirk Cousins, the eating the elephant one at a time, one piece at a time, got a lot of notoriety for whatever reason. I think a lot of people could, took it out of context. But other than that, it was just a bunch of cliche answers. And I guess, again, you being someone who played the position, what is Kirk Cousins going through right now with this new uh, this new system and really trying to absorb it Uh Yet again, in his second offseason, kind of going through a brand new playbook, brand new set of terminology, new verbiage, all that kind of thing. Like, how quickly does a player really get to to feel comfortable with something that seems like is a very different system than the one that he was playing in last? 
it's a lot. And I mean, you guys seen the playbook, you seen the picture of it, and they're not going to install all of that during the spring, but I'm sure they're going to get the meat and potatoes of it in. And it's just a matter of getting reps in it and not just walking through it during uh, team meetings or within walkthrough practices that they do have. Once he gets those reps in training camp and during the summer, during these OTAs, I think that's where he'll start to really decipher what's going on with that Kevin Stefanski offense. And I love that he finally has an offseason in order to implement his system along with Gary Kubiak's running game system for the most part. So I think there will be a really good mixture. It's just a matter of him getting those mental reps during the spring period and during OTAs. All right here. And again, you know, it's the offseason, so we're not going to drag this out too, too long here. What are your thoughts on the schedule for 2019? I actually glanced at it really quickly, and I don't even know they opened up with, honestly. But the one thing that did stick out to me was the Week 12 bye week. I think it was Week 12, and I actually like that because I think the later the better for bye weeks. And you always want to have a late bye week or one that's too late as opposed to one that's too early. Like I think they had the bye week like Week 5 or Week 6 a couple years ago, and I just thought – that was way too early because some guys get banged up and late by weeks kind of destroy your momentum at some points. But I think when, when it's late, you're able to get some guys a bit healthy going into the backstretch, especially if you're a playoff team. Yep. And the other, they start off the season uh, at home versus the Falcons before traveling to, uh, to green Bay in, in week two at home versus Oakland at Chicago at the Giants, home for the versus the Eagles. Uh, at the Lions, home versus the Redskins on Thursday night. Then they have a, a noon battle at Kansas City. Sunday night at the Cowboys. At us, uh, so, oh nope, noon at a uh, at home versus Denver. Bye week at Seattle, home versus the Lions. At the Chargers, home versus Green Bay. And finishing the season at home versus the Bears. So they finished with three or four at home? Yep. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Can't complain about that. It really can. I mean, three or three of the four at home, I mean, I mean, none of them should be pushover games. I mean, the Lions will see, we'll see where they're at. But uh, I mean, the Chargers are are generally tough. Phillip Rivers, Green Bay, we'll see what they are. And, uh, I mean, I'm expecting the Bears to regress this season. So, even though that that, that game is finishing up the season, uh, I expect Chicago to fall back to the pack a little bit this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. First game versus Atlanta. That's a, that, that, that might be a fun one. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I might have to travel to that one. See if any of the boys from back home want to come up and uh, do the thing in Minnesota while it's still warm. We'll see. Well, like, that's it. That's all. I got nothing else. JR, I feel like I, I feel almost bad asking you what else you have, you know, upcoming. Um, but recap, I guess, what you've been up to in terms of living the draft life, promoting the guide. You were on PA's show, which was awesome. Thank you for the shout outs. And uh, like, what else you got going on? Where else should people go to uh, to check you out and listen to what you got going on? Um, so I was on. Well, I will be on a Patriots podcast, which came out today. Uh, I forgot the name of it. It's called, oh, sorry. It's called Pat's All 22 Podcast with Evan Lazar. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go on there with him and see how spoiled they were (laughs) with winning championships nearly every year. And we discussed cornerbacks and safeties. 
just as a whole. It wasn't Patriot specific or anything like that when we were discussing their outlook as draft prospects. So be sure to check that out. Um, I've been on so many podcasts, I can't even think of it. But that's the one that just comes to mind immediately. I was on, I was with Paul Allen on KFN uh, on Monday, I believe it was, or Tuesday it was. So be sure to check that out. You can go back and check that out. Matt Anderson did a good job of replaying that episode and he gave a link that I retweeted. So just scroll down my page a little bit and you should be able to find it. And I'll be on some other podcasts next week and I'll be sure to retweet all of them. So just be on the lookout for that. Awesome. 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 And if you haven't already, I feel like you should have at this point, but if you haven't already, make sure you go on and cop that draft guide, support JR, support a great cause. And not just that it's great content. So it's not like you're giving your money away. You are getting great value for the ten dollars, and uh, yeah, go on and do that. But that's it. That's all. Shout out to Miles getting the work done. Shout out to Prince getting the acting done. And uh, yeah, we will be back talking to you guys soon. Have a good one. <laughs>